I'm Tom Schultz, host of Voices of Montana. Thanks for joining us for the podcast today, brought to you by Blackfoot Communications. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com slash ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Yours truly, Kyle Riley, filling in for the vacationing Tom Schultz. He's got a lovely week off and we wish him the best, but I'm uh, trying to reacclimate myself to winter weather because uh, I just spent the last week, well, actually the last two nights I was in Santiago, Dominican Republic, and then San Juan, Puerto Rico. It's a little warmer there than it is here. <laughs> As Montana comes out of the latest deep freeze, I, I was actually looking this morning. Uh, I got a notification from KTVQ and Billings. I-90 between Big Timber and Livingston is still closed due to dangerous conditions. Oh. So... As things thaw out today, please be careful as you're yeah. driving around our great state. Well, our first segment, we've got a chance to talk about some wintertime fun in Montana State Parks. And joining us this morning is Pat Doyle, the Marketing and Communications Manager for the State Parks Division of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. Pat, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Kyle. Happy to be here. You and I were talking a little bit right before the show started. And, of course, I'm born and raised in Montana, lived in Glendive uh, for my early years, moved to the Bozeman area for a couple and then have been in Billings essentially since the mid-80s, outside of the college years. So I know of Makoshka, that comes to mind right off the top, or maybe the uh, prairie dog town in Greycliff as I drive you know, over to Bozeman. But I didn't realize how many of the 55 state parks, as far as where they're located, but give us a little more information. Yeah, hey, thanks, Kyle. Thanks for interest in our state park system. And, and I think you mentioned Makoshika. Uh, right, right next to where you grew up in Glendive is our state's largest state park at over 12,000 acres. Um, incredible. If you've never been there, um, I know that you can probably speak to it just as well as I can. Um, incredible badlands formations, tons of hiking trails, um, a lot of paleontology uh, there. We do have a paleontology center um, in the basement of our visitor center that people can come visit, um, interact with so many of the amazing uh, fossils that are found in the park and in the Glendive area. But a really cool thing about the Koshika is, and this is kind of an all year round thing, so winter, summer, spring, fall, um, we do have two actually uh, statewide uh, disc golf courses that are really um, ranked nationally um, for, for, for their, their, their difficulty, um, their terrain, their topography that they're in. Um, so if you're a fan of disc golf, or some people call it false, uh, frisbee golf, um, really an incredible spot that a lot of people uh, make uh, a point to stop um, in Glendive for that. So it's a cool, um, unique thing in Makoshika. I actually found out about that from uh, some family members who I was uh, following with at a reunion here a couple of years ago. And I wonder how many discs I would lose on either of those courses. But so, of course, that's the far <laughs> eastern part of the state. We've got Makoshka, but there are a lot of as you go through south central Montana and into the western part of the state, a lot of the parks are actually located over there. Give us a, an idea on a few of the ones maybe on the west side. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, in, in yeah, probably far away from you guys uh, in northwest Montana, up on Flathead Lake, um, a lot of people view our seven parks on Flathead Lake as just water-based recreation. So, when we're talking about Wayfair State Park, uh, Yellow Bay, Finley Point, Big Arm, West Shore, and... Um, uh, Wild Horse Island, which is, a, but a lot of people think about those parks 
as what there is to do just in the summer. So obviously swimming, uh, boating, um, kayaking, things like that. But in the winter, there is a really unique um, contest they actually have going on for park visitors up there where they challenge, um, those seven parks challenge Lone Pine State Park, which is in Kalispell, for how many miles people hike inside the park boundary during the winter. Um, so it is called the Battle of the Boots. And so Flathead Lake State Park takes on uh, Lone Pine. And the last two years, um, Flathead Lake State Park has actually come out on top. So people really coming out there during the winter, um, obviously not for winter recreation, but to take uh, advantage of their um, really unique trail systems that they have there. Uh, so really, really interesting there, a great thing for people in the area to get out um, and experience. Uh, but another really interesting thing about Northwest Montana is that it does have Lone Pine State Park, which I mentioned, which has a, a, about a 15-mile trail system. It's just south of town in Kalispell, and they have a unique archery trail um, there as well that they are expanding. Uh, so they have uh, an actual trail that you can go on to test your archery skill. Um, we have four shooting staff. Uh, they have 14 um, targets that are different lengths, uh, different um, skill sets things like that. There's a lot of archery-related programming at the park, and it's really taken off um, in the area. So it's a great way to get exercise um, and, and shoot at some targets when you're out. Yeah, and actually, I, I think there are multiple uh, parks that actually have archery involved as well. Is that correct? Uh, there are there are a few, yes. We're actually building another um, uh, archery range at Big Arm State Park on Flathead Lake. Okay. It's a sport that has really taken off um, a lot, and, and we're happy to provide that value um, for people that are not just seasoned uh, archers, but people just getting into the sport uh, as well. Talking with Pat Doyle, the Marketing and Communications Manager for Montana State Parks Division of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. And Pat, you were talking about that uh, hiking challenge that's going on between the couple of parks. Did they use an app to track, or how did they track that? Uh, people have to log their their miles at the park. Okay. Uh, so, but it's but it's a really great thing. Like I said, uh, most people don't think about um, visiting Flathead Lake um, in the winter, and, and so a really unique thing for especially people that live in that area. Uh, but other water-based parks that we have uh, that offer really some unique opportunities, especially for ice fishing. So um, I don't know if you're familiar with Tongue River Reservoir. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, which is which is an amazing park. Um, down in south uh, southeastern Bighorn County. Um, Tongue River Reservoir is really unique because it does have a concessionaire that's open all year round, with a little store, uh, some rental opportunities, things like that. Um, so their ice fishing is always very, very good. Um, but really right down the road from that park, we have another really unique state park, um, Rosebud Battlefield uh, State Park. I saw that this park, um, that is Yep, that is, that is off the beaten path, but in the winter has some really great, if there's snow on the ground, I should say, uh, really great um, recreation opportunities like cross-country skiing, um, snowshoeing, things like that. So it's another way to uh, recreate at a park that has a very unique landscape. Um, if you've ever been down there, um, the park is really unchanged uh, uh, and, and it's just a, a wonderful uh, way to get outside. And that was the location of a battle that kind of led up to the uh, Battle of the Little Bighorn. Is that correct? You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So, so a lot of really great um, history there and balancing that out with some great winter recreation opportunities. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned it a couple of times here. A lot of people don't think about the state parks in the winter. At least, I guess I'm not the first one to think about 
going out and, and doing anything in the state parks in the winter. But it sounds like there are so, so many different amazing opportunities for people to get out and enjoy the state at this time of year. What's one that you would say maybe is kind of a hidden jewel for the winter? Uh, I, I would I would I would point all the way down to the far southwest Montana and Bannock State Park, our, our park, our, our state's first territorial capital. Sure. Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to visit Bannock, but it is truly incredible. There's over 100 buildings that still line Main Street, uh, many of them which you can still go in, uh, walk upstairs. Um, there's the historic uh, uh, you know, schoolhouse that, that lines Main Street still. Um, but one of the things that we've seen people do when they get a good um, get, get good snow down there is actually cross-country ski through downtown Manic. Um, and so just a really great way to, to experience that park. The park also has um, over 10 miles of trails that connect to um, BLM land surrounding the park. Oh, wow. um, so it's a great, really great snowshoeing opportunity is down there too. So another really great example of a park that people understand and, and, and recognize its historic uh, character, and, which is the main draw, obviously. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that those parks don't offer an amazing recreation opportunity all year round. Okay. Well, that uh, Bannock course, as you mentioned, our first uh, territorial capital, and not too far away from there, relatively speaking, both Clark's Lookout and Beaverhead Rock, a couple more state parks with some great vistas. Yes, absolutely, and I think that one of the one of the things about our state park system as well. A lot of our our, our state parks are um, small in, in in size. Um, they are close to other amazing outdoor recreation opportunities in the immediate area. Uh, so really easy to make to, to tack a state park into another trip that you're doing in another part of the state, uh, and really get maybe check, check some off your bucket list. Now, many people probably don't recognize or realize that they already have access to the state parks by their car license, correct? Correct. Yes. So, so we are, we are fortunate in the state of Montana that we do, um, our, our, our state parks are, are, are free, um, for people that have paid the $9 fee on their, uh, license plates. And so that really does open up all 55 state parks across Montana, um, to, for, for very reasonable cost. Fantastic. Talking with Pat Doyle, who is the marketing and communications manager for Montana State Parks Division of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. He's been in that role for eight years. Pat, what's the most surprising thing that you've seen in your role since you started? Or interesting? You know, I think the most, I think one of the most interesting things about it is the, the breadth of things that state parks offer um, across Montana. Uh, you know, not just for their recreation opportunity, but historic and cultural as well. And they really, uh, you know, our parks, in essence, really tell the story of Montana from all three of those perspectives. Um, if you look at a place like Anaconda Stack State Park, um, which is the tallest freestanding brick structure um, in our country, um, that re- how does that really tell the story of Anaconda and, and that mining uh, development that, that was happening in the area? Uh, how does Pictograph Cave uh, State Park south of Billings really tell the story of <laughs> uh, native travel through through the historic native travel through the area. So they're all really telling a, a unique story uh, of our state um, through a different lens a lot of time. Um, and, I, and I think that a lot of people, um, especially um, during the pandemic, um, really started to check a lot of these parks off their bucket list and have really found some really unique places that, that they're now telling people about uh, that they had, uh, you know, maybe on that list for a while, 
gave them kind of an opportunity to travel in state. Um, so it was really exciting to see people's eyes really open to a lot of these hidden gems. Yeah, I think I saw uh, a report on the website that uh, state park viewership or uh, attendance was up in 2021. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not, not just state parks. And I'm sure you've, you've heard you've, you've heard this uh, and everyone has, um, you know, but all of our all of our you know, federal public lands as well, um, which really speaks to the value of, of how people um, you know, ch- chose to use their time um, in, in supporting some of these amazing opportunities that we have across the state. All right. Well, we are talking with uh, Pat Doyle from the uh, Montana Parks Division. We're going to take a break and we come back. We'll talk some more about wintertime fun in the Montana State Parks and maybe a little park trivia as well here on Voices of Montana. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, healthcare, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com slash ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Back on the Voices of Montana with Tom Schultz, Kyle Riley filling in for the vacationing Tom Schultz. We're talking with Pat Doyle, Marketing Communications Manager, Montana State Parks Division of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks talking about having fun in the state parks in the wintertime. And Pat, again, thanks for joining us this morning. There are a couple other parks that we would be remiss if we didn't mention. And one of them I've been to, I know, Giant Springs up in the Great Falls area. Yes. Yeah, so Giant Springs is, is our most visited um, state park. It's a, it's a park more in an urban setting on the shores of the, um, of the Missouri River. But one of the really unique things about the springs is um, the water temperature. And so I think that's really relevant to right now. We're coming out of a deep freeze. Um, but Giant Springs, uh, the, the, the springs at the park, stays a consistent 45 or sorry, 54 degrees um, year round. The water actually travels from underground from 300 feet below. Um, so when the air temperature falls below zero, um, the springs just become enveloped in a veil of fog that thickens and dissipates as the wind blows it around. So an amazing sight. Um, we see a lot of bird species actually come there to stay warm um, when it's super when it's super cold out. Um, so a really great um, a really great spot. And also um, the park is also connected to the to an amazing trail system that that really spans both sides of the river. So a really great um, uh, recreation opportunity close to town there. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I had a chance uh, a few summers ago when I was doing a little traveling with the Billings Mustangs, and we had trips up there at Centene Stadium, just really close to Giant Springs. Had a chance to take one of my kids up there, and we walked around the trails and looked at that. And then I know it's not necessarily associated, but there's a, or maybe it is, a Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center that's really close by. Yeah, no, that's actually run by the Forest Service, but it is actually very, very relevant to the park. Um, so a lot of people, like I said, you know, talking about some other parks, building these more trips um, around a state park. Um, that's something that a lot of our visitors um, do enjoy as well. Um, Giant Springs also has a fish hatchery on site, too. So a really great thing for, for families to see um, how our agency manages fish populations um, in that area. Yeah, that was really cool. I was actually up there with my youngest daughter. I remember that we walk through that and it was really interesting to see all that so i'm trying to recall you mentioned uh, traveler's rest as another park that is really a neat park and i i'm trying to remember where that's at i have an idea but i i'm not going to embarrass myself so where is that at oh, what's yeah. so cool about it <laughs> 
It, it is just south of Missoula in Lolo, uh, Montana, and Traveler's Rest is, is very unique. Um, as it is the only uh, archaeologically verified uh, remains of the Lewis and Clark um, expedition were found there. Um, but we're very lucky at the park to have a really great friends group called the Traveler's Rest Connection. And every winter they put on a storytelling um, series from January to March. Uh, and the series is every Saturday at 11 o'clock um, in person at the park. And they do offer uh, these, these talks on Zoom as well for a cost of $5.00 fee uh, uh, $5 a person or, or free for Traveler's Rest Connection members. Um, and the speakers vary from uh, indigenous tribal members uh, to Lewis and Clark historians, um, authors, artists, um, really, uh, re really well attended um, and a great way to get out in the winter and kind of get um, out to the park as well. So um, more information is at their uh, website, which is travelersrest.org for a complete speaker series. Okay. TravelersRest.org. I have not been there yet. That's on my list of parks to see. So I was kind of thinking about things. I know uh, we have a reservation system online through the Parks Department website where you can reserve for camping or day use facilities, group use facilities. Do many people do that during the winter? Uh, they do. Um, so not necessarily for camping sure. during the winter. But we are we do open up our um, camp reservations uh, six months in advance for for campsites or group use things. So now uh, now is a great time to uh, to to maybe see some parks you want to visit this summer, want to camp at, and um, make a reservation uh, conveniently on our website fmp.mt.gov. Okay. Well, you mentioned that you had some trivia about the state parks and. Uh, you mentioned Mon uh, Makoshka being the largest state park. Giant mm -hmm. Springs is the most visited, but I'm, I'm curious. Give us some other trivia tidbits. Yeah, so we, we do have one park uh, which uh, Teddy Roosevelt visited and called the most fantastically beautiful place as I've ever seen. Um, and so that would be Medicine Rocks in southeast Montana, um, just north of Ekalaka down in Carter County. Yeah. Um, a really incredible um, park and an amazing setting um and, and if you've never been down there um i would i would highly encourage uh a visit um it's it's I, I couldn't agree more with with his um statement it is one of my favorite parks and uh, medicine rocks is a true gem of our system medicine, i've been past there i was trying to think if i've actually been in the state park down there when i've gone to like ecolac and back and i don't think i have but i have seen the signs and now that teddy has been there i feel like i must go and visit where Teddy had been. He, he's, he's still our greatest promoter of the park. <laughs> I noticed on the website there are parks that have cabins, teepees, and even yurts. And I actually didn't realize we had cabins and yurts available for people. And, again, maybe not during the winter, but tell us a bit more about some of those. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have two parks uh, currently that have cabins to rent, one of them is at Lewis and Clark Caverns, and the other one is Finley Point, so one of our uh, units of Flathead Lake State Park. And yurts are, are a really unique thing as well. Uh, we have some yurts at uh, Big Arm State Park, uh, and we're, we're in the process of building a few more of those out at, um, at different parks across the state. But you mentioned teepees as well. Uh, we have several different parks with teepees. One of them is Makoshika, um, which is a very cool uh, spot where that one's located. Um, but also places like Beaver's Hill Hill, uh, Bannock State Park, 
and Lewis and Clark Caverns as well. And I believe Missouri, yeah, Missouri Headwaters has a TP um, as well. Okay. So some really unique lodging options where it's not just a tent or bringing a camper. Um, so kind of a cool way to um, spend the night um, out at one of our parks. We've taken our, we were, we were out with our family at Makoshika staying in the TP last year, and it was a wonderful experience. Sure. Perhaps a silly question, but is there any prohibition from camping in the winter if somebody wanted to reserve a campsite during the winter uh if the park if, if the park is open um uh you definitely can okay. camp in the park I, I would um a lot of parks do have winter hours um sure. during the winter so like visitor centers and things like that so if you're thinking about visiting or, or even camping at one of our parks in the winter i would encourage going onto the website and checking what their hours are or maybe even just calling uh the park office which is also uh, those phone numbers are on their website as well all right we are speaking with Pat Doyle, the Marketing and Communications Manager for Montana State Parks Division of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. going to take a little break here. Does your home qualify for a $70 discount on your internet bill? Blackfoot Communications is proud to partner with the FCC to help ensure that households can afford the broadband necessary for work, school, health care, and more. For more information on this federal program and to see if your household qualifies for a discount on your internet service, visit goblackfoot.com ACP. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Voices of Montana with Tom Schultz, Kyle Riley filling in for Mr. Schultz here for the next few days as he is on a well-deserved vacation. About three minutes left with our first guest, Pat Doyle, the Marketing and Communications Manager for Montana State Parks Division of the Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. And Pat, again, thanks for, for joining us this morning. This has been a lot of good information. I noticed on the Parks Department website, there's information that's out there, including information about a planning project for Summers Beach State Park. And I'm curious what's going on there. Yes, so I'm glad you asked, Kyle. Uh, Summers Beach is our state's newest state park. It is on the northwest corner of Flathead Lake, uh, right adjacent to the community of Summers. And um, it, it, it's an amazing park in that it has a very unique beach for all of our Flathead Lake state parks. So I think if you've ever been on a place like West Shore or Yellow Bay, or wayfarers, they're very rocky shores. Um, and Summers is actually a, a pretty mellow beach. Um, so a great opportunity. Um, uh, for a, it's a day-use park currently, um, so it doesn't offer camping, but a really great spot um, to come visit. And it is our newest park in our state park system. So we're, we're very excited about the possibilities and potential there. And for the folks that have never been to Flathead, I don't know, there's not too many other lakes I think anywhere where the water is so clear that you can just see to the bottom until it, it drops off. Yeah, no, it is very unique and you're always kind of, and if you haven't been to Flathead in a while, you, you tend to forget actually how clear it is. So it's almost an optical illusion where you think that, well, I'm not diving in this water. It looks, you know, it looks shallow. Right. And, <laughs> and then you realize it's like 15 feet deep. Um, so yeah, no, it's a great point and a, and a wonderful recreation opportunity um, all, all, uh, you know, for, for, for this, all the parks that we have on it. So Pat, we've got about one minute left. One final trivia question or sure. trivia note. Uh, and this is a good one. This is what parks lake has a mineral content so high that no fish can survive in it. Ooh. And that answer is brush Lake state park in Northeast Montana and Sheridan County. Okay. Uh, just, just kind of South, South, uh, 
southeast of Plentywood. Plentywood, yeah. So a really great uh, little lake up there. It's got some awesome camping opportunities. But yes, there is there is no fishing and or no fishing opportunity at Brush Lake just because of the high mineral content. So a little cool trivia question there for 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 a, for a pretty unique park. Not a lot of water in that part of the state, so it's a great opportunity for people. I'm sure our our listeners up on KTQ and Plentywood knew that right off their heads, but for everybody else, yeah. Well, Pat, again, I appreciate you joining us this morning and talking about uh, wintertime fun in our Montana state parks. The website is wfp.mt.gov slash state parks. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, FWP, yep.mt.gov. And um, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Pat Doyle, managing or marketing and communications manager for the Montana State Parks Division of Fish, Wildlife, and Parks, talking about our state parks here in Montana.